There's a table in the Chicago area that has deep meaning for me and my wife, Abby. I don't recall anything fancy about this table. It was fairly ordinary. A typical wooden table that you would imagine finding in the dining room of an older couple's home, worn by years of use. It was about 10 years ago that Abby and I sat around this table. Across from us was a couple we had never met before. Someone had arranged for us to meet. The husband was a former Southern Baptist minister turned Anglican priest, and he and his wife were serving a local parish in the area. And since Abby and I were in a season of transition, a season marked with confusion and questions and pain, perhaps we would do well to, to speak with them. And so we made the trip north to Chicago with an infant and toddler in tow, not really sure how things were going to play out. But around that table, something unique happened, something healing and sacred. Lawson, who was only a few months old at the time, actually slept in his carrier for a solid two hours. <laughs> a miracle in itself. <laughs> Natalie, age three, was given an assortment of toys in the living room that somehow kept her preoccupied during our entire visit. Pepperoni pizza was delivered and served on paper plates. Soda, not Coke, soda <laughs> was poured into Dixie cups. And as time went by, as we sat around the table, the presence of God began to permeate our hearts and minds just through honest conversation and, and just by being present to each other. We each shared our stories, we laughed, we shed a few tears, we exposed our wounds and, and then did a little dreaming about what could be. We prayed together and then as we were leaving for the first time in our lives, we were anointed with oil, a prospect that was a little scary at first but ended up becoming a gesture we'll never forget. You see, by simply opening their home to us, by giving us their presence around a table topped with pizza boxes and plastic placemats, this couple, a couple whose names I can't even remember, administered to us the grace of God when we needed it the most. And you know, what they did wasn't necessarily this heroic feat. It wasn't on the face of things extraordinary. No, in that moment, they were merely acting as stewards. Stewards of the ordinary gifts God had given them. Stewards of a table. And the kingdom of God broke in. Now, I'm sure something like this has happened in your life before. I bet you, too, can remember a table around which you were invited to share a meal, maybe to share a conversation, and the presence of God became palpable. So that now that table has deep meaning for you. For it has become a sacred space simply because someone was a faithful steward. When we talk about stewardship, we typically talk about things like time, talent, and treasure. We rarely think about a table. We talk about things like tithes and offerings and serving in children's church. We rarely talk about ordering Papa John's. We rarely think about hospitality as something that we are called to steward. 
Today marks the beginning of our annual stewardship series, where yes, we do plan to talk about things like time, talent, and treasure, but where we also want to come at these things from a different angle than normal. Because our hope is to broaden the scope of what we conceive of as stewardship, so that we might become what we're going to call shrewd stewards for the kingdom of God. Have you ever considered what it might look like to be a shrewd steward of things? Maybe of your kitchen table. Maybe to be a shrewd steward of your local church. Or of your own spiritual practices. Perhaps to be a shrewd steward of the ways that you love to serve others. Maybe even a steward of your spending habits. How might we become shrewd stewards for the kingdom of things like these? Now, if you're really astute and from All Saints, you may have just noticed that I made some subtle allusions to the five personality traits of our church. A little backstory years ago, as we here at All Saints were undergoing various changes and we were on the cusp of making some big time decisions, our vestry wisely worked with the parish to identify those characteristics of our church that we didn't want to see changed that we wanted to hold on to and protect in the midst of all the other change that was happening. And so, over the span of a few months, we identified five personality traits that we were going to do our best to protect and nurture. I won't quiz you. Those are healing hospitality, the church as family, spiritual formation in the Anglican way, a heart for service, and being financially generous and responsible. These five aspects of who we are have been with us since the very beginning, and we hope that they will be with us far into the future as well. But to do that, here's the thing, we have to be intentional to nurture and protect them, to stay alive to them, as we say. But the best way to nurture and protect something is not by holding them tightly, but by giving them to others. It's counterintuitive. For it's in the giving that we receive, right? And another name for this is stewardship. Our Assisi group here at All Saints, that is a team of folks who are dedicated to instilling a robust culture of stewardship among us. A group, by the way, that has been meeting regularly now for about two years. It was their good idea for us to view stewardship this year through the lens of these five personality traits. How might we become shrewd stewards of these things that we hold so dear here at All Saints? And so for the next few Sundays, we'll be asking that question of each of our five personality traits so as to to keep them alive and healthy, so as to further instill within All Saints a culture of shrewd stewardship. And so we kick things off today by talking about a table that is are about healing hospitality. How might we become stewards of our hospitality for the kingdom of God? Well, I don't know about you, but my table and the house within which it sits, that's my sanctuary. It's my happy place. You know what I mean? I mean, when I come home from a long day after lots of meetings and logistics, I want to do nothing else but to check out in my sanctuary, to wind down and decompress. Leave me alone. (laughs) I'm sure you know the feeling. 
Because we all envision our homes as an oasis of sorts, right? A place of privacy and retreat. I mean, think about it. Garage doors, privacy fences, security systems. All of these reinforce our desire to to get away from others so that we can rest and recharge. Now, of course, there is nothing wrong with appropriate boundaries to have your own defined personal space so that you can indeed rest and recharge. I mean, that, that's a good thing. But when taken to the extreme, when, when we forget that all things come from you, O Lord, when we forget about our call to be stewards of these spaces, then our lives are at, are at odds with the very heartbeat of God. Because while we tend to shut our personal spaces off from others, God, on the other hand, is constantly trying to expand the borders of his dwelling, right? Indeed, you could argue that the entire biblical narrative is a story of God's hospitality, of his desire to make his dwelling place among us and to expand its borders. This story begins, as we know, in Genesis 1 which, contrary to popular opinion, is not the story of how God created the world in six literal days, but rather it's his temple blueprint. It's this powerful poem that speaks of all things being created as God's temple, as his dwelling place. Heaven and earth together, God's space heaven, our space earth intertwined. That's God's plan from the beginning. So that even after human sin and rebellion rip God's heavenly temple from the earth, God doesn't stop seeking to make his home among us. I mean, lots of stories could illustrate this. One of them being our Old Testament reading today from Genesis 28, where we read of Jacob dreaming of a staircase connecting heaven and earth with angels ascending and descending upon it. And that's when Jacob hears the voice of the Lord saying, Jacob, know that I am with you wherever you go. The first time this promise is given in Scripture, Genesis 28, a promise of God's relentless desire to make his home with his people. I will be with you, he says. And so what does Jacob do? He responds, he says, Surely the Lord is in this place. I didn't even know it. This is none other than the house of God. He's making his home with his people. Of course, this kind of language is only a a, a precursor to the temple itself, isn't it? When God's people, you know, they finally arrive in the promised land and eventually under King Solomon construct a temple for the Lord. And upon its completion, we read, quote, that the glory of the Lord filled the what? The house of the Lord. God's dwelling place is now among his people. And if you were to walk through Solomon's temple, you would see all these images and inscriptions of creation. You'd see uh, trees and mountains and images of skies and the seas, animals and birds. Why? Because the temple is not the end game. The temple is simply a pointer to what God wants to do with his whole creation, to make it his dwelling place once again, because God is always looking to expand his borders. And then we might as well jump on over to our gospel reading today from John chapter 1, with its explicit allusion to the creation account in Genesis. In the beginning 
was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him, that is, through Jesus. And then a few verses later, one of the most powerful lines in all of Scripture, verse 14. And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, he, he pitched his tent among us, his temple, his house. God is making his home with us in the person of Jesus Christ. But that's not all. As we know, the story continues, and one, one day we'll reach its climax in the final vision from Revelation 21, where we see there not saved souls floating off to heaven. We see the heavenly city coming down to earth, and a voice from the throne of God saying, See, the home of God is now among mortals, and he will dwell with them. Friends, the Bible begins with God making his home with us here on earth, and it ends with God making his home with us on earth, which is absolutely incredible. It should take our breath away, for it is nothing less than a story of God's abounding hospitality. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is inviting us into his home, the place where his love is forever shared between the three persons of the Godhead. Praise the Lord, for he, he puts out his welcome mat before us and invites us in. And then we, as his people, are given the capacity to do the same for others. We forget this much too often. That one of the greatest tools today for manifesting God's kingdom is simply being a faithful steward of our hospitality. It takes only your willingness to open up your home and your life to those around you. To invite others to sit around your table and then watch as the kingdom of God comes with power. And we have all experienced the power of sitting down at someone's table, haven't we? In fact, I bet you can, even in your mind's eye right now, envision a particular table right now. Maybe it's the table of another person here at All Saints. My goodness, we are blessed with so many people who love to offer their tables to each other. That's one reason I believe this characteristic of healing hospitality is so alive and well among us. But the question this morning is, is for you. What about you? How are you stewarding your table? Do others think fondly of your table? Can they picture it in their mind's eye? Is it meaningful to them? Will they remember it? When was the last time you invited someone into your home, someone into your life? I mean, yes, I know for many of us, Father West, you don't understand, it's a busy life. Things are busy, busy right now. And uh, your house is probably in constant need of cleaning or repair. It feels perpetually in a state of disorder. It's so much easier to go, go, go and say to ourselves, well, we'll, we'll offer our table when, when things slow down. But they never do. Perhaps instead we need to consider inviting others into our busyness. Perhaps we need to remind ourselves that Christian hospitality is not the same as Southern hospitality. <laughs> Your house does not have to be spotless. 
Everything does not have to be in proper order. You don't have to have these immaculate place settings. Paper plates will do just fine. Because it's not about making an impression. It's about making yourself available to others. Because the world could use more ordinary Christians opening their ordinary lives so that others can see what life in Christ looks like. And what better place to watch Christians than in their homes and around their tables. Imagine then, viewing your home not only as your personal refuge, but what if you also viewed your home as a spiritual hospital for those who are wounded and hurting? A place where others feel free to speak openly and honestly, where they can share their stories. They don't mind laughing and crying around your table. A place where it's okay if someone spills the milk. Where children can play in your living room, even if they put a nice scratch down that new piece of furniture. Because you know that over time, it will become a place where your table has been worn over and worn over with holiness. It has become a sacred space for countless people. And the borders of God's kingdom have expanded in your dining room. We all want to be a part of that. And we all can by an ordinary gift of being a steward of hospitality. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise that because of your Son and Spirit, you have opened up your life to us, that you share your life and love and invite us in. Not only invite us in, you seek us out. You send your Son into the world. You send your Spirit into our lives so that you might dwell with us. May we have that same tenacity to invite people into our lives, to expand the borders of our lives, our homes, of our tables, so that other people can come in and taste your goodness and your love and your grace. Help us by your spirit to be shrewd stewards of our tables of healing hospitality. We pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.